Coming up next, it's This, That, and the Other. This, That, and the Other. Playing the biggest rock bands of all time. Dirty Radio Classics. Uh, no, the Gilby Clark Show is not about to start right now, but this is the sound of a guest. Our next guest here, live here, on the air, today, Wednesday, May 10th, is none other. <laughs> I need a speech pathologist. Red leather, yellow leather. Red she seashells, seashells down by the seashore. <laughs> All right, anyway, Frankie Clark of Frankie and the Studs, also of Forever 21 clothing line. You can go to forever21.com right now. Type in the search bar, Frankie, and then it says, oh, you mean Frankie and the Studs. And there's like nine outfits there designed in a collaboration with uh, her mother, Daniela Clark. And uh, man, it is cool. There's a lot of stuff going on. They've got a gig coming out uh, tomorrow on the 11th. We'll talk about that. And it is a show focusing on Mental Health Awareness Month. That is this month in May. And in fact, later on in this show, uh, David Draymond, uh, in the news from Disturbed, uh, talked about it in his battles with mental health. Uh, Duff McKagan released an EP today. We will have one of those songs. And he said he wrote these songs, put out this EP, he wrote these songs while he was having a panic attack. And uh, there are many, many of our fallen heroes, our uh, fellow rock stars, musicians, the left-brained artistic ones that uh, don't always have, you know, they have the means to express themselves. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're this rock star, you got to be this cool entity, this thing. At the end of the day, you're still a person and it's okay to not feel okay. We're going to talk with Frankie Clark of Frankie and the Studs about that right now as we ring-a-ding-ding on the telephone machine. Let's see if she answers this call. If I were her, I wouldn't, but let's see what happens here. Oh, it's ringing. Didn't go straight to voicemail. That's good. Hello? Frankie Clark of Frankie and the Studs. You are on this, that, and the other radio show, Dirty Radio Dead FM, Channel 2, Dirty Radio Classics. How are we finding you today? I'm doing pretty good. Right on. I mean, you know, something I say is I'm doing pretty good for the shape I'm in. And uh, <laughs> as I get older, that shape becomes rounder. So thanks for coming on my show. And uh, we've been spinning a couple of your tracks that you've been releasing over the years. And every time you put something new, we, we spin it on the show. Uh, we also, leading up to me calling you, played a Drain Me, which you just released your self-made video for, which was very cool. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff. We'll dip in a little bit into your past. Past and, and when you started recording these songs and kind of ventured off from being Gilby Clark's daughter who learned how to play guitar <laughs> and sing to now fronting your own band, fronting a clothing line, Forever 21, and your show tomorrow in L.A. for Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. Man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. So let's dip dive a little bit into the rear view. You know, obviously growing up in a household that, that has a studio, probably has multiple guitars constantly laying around, all the cool classic rock uh, music playing, and then a dad that was uh, formerly in Guns N' Roses, played with many, many stars with the uh, Hart, Nancy Sinatra, uh, Troy Patrick Farrell, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> you know, so what gave you the music bug? I mean, were you destined to have it? Do you think if you grew up in, say, another household, you would have been bitten by the music bug? You know, it's it's hard to say because... I think that being surrounded by it, my and since I was a kid, I mean, the legend has it that I took my first steps on a moving tour bus. So <laughs> I, um, I think that that definitely was an influence. I, I would skip school and go on tour with my dad all the time when he was touring with Heart, and I went to all of his shows, and I still do. I still go to all of his shows, but. <laughs> Also, what really got me into music, and that's why I think that maybe possibly I, I, it's just kind of like innate in me, is I saw the movie The School of Rock when I was 10 years old, and I was obsessed with being in a band at that point. I, I was like, if these kids can play, I can play. And I mean, I think I was definitely predisposed with you know my upbringing, but I, that movie for me was like a, a game changer and like, I want to do this too. So I've had the pleasure on a couple of occasions, and I've actually seen recently some videos and, and some of it with us and other times when you were up there playing at the Whiskey and, and kind of our go-to song was always Surrender, which was awesome for me because Jesus yes. one of my faves. And I see some of these videos, I'm like, oh my God, she's like an adult now and she's fronting her own band, writing her own music, filming her own videos. And, you know, I see you back then and it's like, oh, well, that's Gilby's daughter. Wow, she plays guitar. Oh, wow, she's really good. And and now, you know, it wasn't a fad. It's actually developed into this movement, Frankie and the Studs. And you're, you're covering a lot of different, um, you know, uh, platforms, you know, not only doing the music, but you're, you're directing and filming your own videos, clothing line, yeah. tying that in. And then also, you know, movements a little bit, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month, which is, you know, something that despite the fact that I think pretty much everybody's mentally ill for, for better, for worse to some, <laughs> right. you know, but, but to be serious about it, we, you know, it, we have, we all have our little inner turmoils, but we don't ever want to, re, you know, come out of that shell to reveal maybe that what might be seemed as a weakness. So um, we'll, we'll skip around as we do here on the show, uh, this, that, and the other, and we'll kind of get into this gig. How did you become a part of it? This is tomorrow where at Echo in LA? Yeah, it's at the Echo. It'll be our first time playing at the Echo. I've, I've really wanted to play there, so I'm very excited. And I've worked with Gritty and Pink are the organizers of the show, and they are very supportive of all girl or female led bands. And we actually worked with them during the uh, pandemic and we did a live stream with them. So this is our first in-person show with Gritty and Pink, which is cool. And we're playing with some really awesome bands that we've played with before, like Saint Electric. Uh, and then we're going to play with the 666 and She Blime, which is an all female tribute to Sublime. Cool. Leah, Leah Martin Brown. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be a super fun night, but also, when I heard that it was for Mental Health Awareness Month, I was, I I was really you know like it's a it's something that's very close to home for me, and I think for a lot of people. And I think with mental health awareness, what I think it means is just kind of trying to break that stigma of like mental mental illness and rewiring how we think about it as like it could be, for example, you know if you have something wrong with your I don't know you have a thyroid problem, you would go to the doctor for that. And same with, to think of it the same way with your mental health. And instead of thinking of it as you're just crazy or something is, it, it, think of it as you can get help and there are treatments for it and it could be like any other sickness or illness. 
Yeah, because, you know, you break a finger, you put the cast on, the bone heals, yeah. and then you go on with your life. Um, you know, but the, if the brain just is a little tweaked or you respond to things in a certain way, uh, you you can't, because I think for me, it's like, well, but it's not a broken finger. It's not a tangible thing I can look at and go, okay, there's a problem there. It's inside your head. It's a feeling. It's valid and real to you, but you can't necessarily explain that from the outs, from the inside out to others. And they can't see that you're on crutches or you've got a cast. They, right. they just see you as you are and, and maybe respond to things, uh, you know, a little differently, maybe just because of how you feel or how you take those things in and maybe things that they trigger. Um, do you, have you worked with any, uh, like, so Gritty and Pink, is this something that, are they just a promotion company or are they involved on a deeper level in this? Or are they just putting on a show to try and help bring awareness to mental health and that, hey, it's cool. We, we all got brains, we all got feelings and sometimes they're a little off. Yeah, they they work with a lot of different organizations and charities. And this month is themed mental health awareness just because it is mental health awareness month. Um, but like next month, I, I I mean, maybe I shouldn't say yet what the theme is, but they every month is is um, based on an awareness. So and, and then also they have Gritty and Pink also has a cool platform that they just developed where it's designed for women in the music industry or women artists in all aspects. Like if you're a graphic designer and it's a networking platform. So if you want to hire a female fronted band to play at your venue or your party, you can go on that platform. It's called in pink and you can hire, we're on there. You can hire Frank and studs on there, <laughs> but also if you want, uh, you know, someone to create a flyer for you, they have a whole network of women graphic designers. So it's pretty cool. Right on. That's very cool. It's kind of how music was supposed to be in the old days where, you know, you got, you, you had your band and you had your one guy that was good at artwork and another guy that was yeah. good at loading the van and another guy that could drive to the gig and book the gig. And, and so it's, it's a collaborative effort, which is very cool. Do you have any, any songs uh, that kind of touch on? Cause you know, I'm looking at some of your, your song titles and you know, for example, there's the song uh, drain me, which we just mm -hmm. spun before you came on. And uh, I'm just going over here to your little playlist so I can check out uh, some of the, the titles here that we have. And, you know, some of them, you know, I mean, obviously they have a meaning to you. Um, for example, you know, Not Your Victim, She's Insane, um, you know, and then we're going to spin after uh, All Around Me, Bonnie and Clyde. But do you have any songs that kind of touch on mental illness or, or you know, what are kind of the topics? What drives you to write something? What inspires you to uh, attack a topic? Honestly, mental health in general is what drives me to write a song. So just, you know, if it's writing is something for me that gets me through anything, anything that I'm going through. Same with music in general. When I was growing up, one of my favorite bands is Paramore. And the lead singer, Haley Williams, is very vocal about her own struggles with mental health. And I always felt like listening to her music, I understood what she was going through. And especially I felt like I grew up with her. And that's kind of the way that I look at writing music, too, is like I just write what I'm going through or what I'm experiencing. And I, I hope that people can connect to that. And and I, I feel like to be more specific to your question, Drain Me definitely I, is oddly enough <laughs> the one that really has to do with mental health because it's about not letting people drain your energy and like trying to stay above water in times where you feel like you're sinking or if other 
other things are, are draining your energies or trying to, you know, the negativity is trying to get the best of you and just how to stay above that. And that was kind of the inspiration behind that song. But it's also a fantasy. Like I wrote it about a, a fictional person that's actually like a vampire just to, I don't know, just to make it a little more interesting. Well, you know, you kind of give maybe the topic or this this thing that you can't see, this this uh, you yeah. know, mental anxiety or what you know, whatever it is to you, you, you give it a, a being or something, so something you can kind of talk to and sing to and and conquer. For me, you know, I've got you know, I battle insecurities, second guessing you know, constant, you know, like the need to answer, like the second a text comes, I can be in the middle of this interview right now and I'll feel like I'll have to turn my phone upside down so I don't feel so drawn to answer it. Uh, I care a lot about what people think. I just bought a book called The the Subtle uh, Something, The Subtle Task or The Subtle, um, whatever the word is, of not giving a fuck because I I feel like I give too many fucks about people that don't give a fuck about me. What is your challenge? Oh, I feel that a hundred percent. I am always so, I'm always so concerned about what other people think. But my dad, actually, Mr. Gilby Clark, <laughs> always told me he was like, "You cannot worry what other people think about you because you can't control that and you can't change that. Worry about what you can do and what you can control." And so I try and live by that. It's harder. It's easier said than done, but it is something I try to keep in the back of my mind because you know, especially. Being online, it opens you up to so many more opinions than I think is even like human nature. So you have to develop a thick skin or, or you know, it could, being in this industry can get the best of you. hundred percent. You know, you talk about online and, you know, so while you and I have a generational gap, uh, you know, I, I, as an older person, you know, I, I, you know, I find myself sometimes getting caught up in the social media, which is something that, you know, started as I was an adult, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, I'm trying to think of how long I've had a website and how long I've had, uh, you know, back in the day, the MySpace. And you grew up as it, it as social media had been trying to figure itself out. You come from a different generational out, uh, you know, outlook on what social media is. A lot of the old fogies are on Facebook. The younger kids are there because maybe they're there for the old fogies. But, you know, they moved on to so many different bits of social media and yeah. and I think the biggest thing you mentioned social media where you know it's easy for somebody to, to you know open up their keyboard because they're not in front of that person that they're going to sit there and slam right now and you know right. so we we've all been guilty of it a lot of people don't have healthy opinions or healthy ways of expressing their opinions I I love having not necessarily disagreements but different points of view with people because that means I want to learn another side that I don't you know that doesn't resonate with me I just think about a world that we would live in if everybody felt exactly the same. We'd be all marching, you know, to the same drum and wearing the same outfit and liking the same music. And and, I mean, how boring is that? Isn't it great that we all don't agree on stuff? How do you as a younger person and a younger artist uh, deal with social media? And what are your thoughts on social media as a whole and, and how kids interact with it? I hate and love social media, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I hate it just because I I really like to live in the present moment. And I feel like a lot of the time I, I, I'm thinking of, I have to think about when I'm at a show, like, oh, I should, I should take video. I should take photos of this and make sure I have content. And I don't like thinking like that, but I know it is important. And I think that's really the struggle for me with social media. But the part that I like about it is that, like you said, it, it connects you to so many more people than you would have been able to connect to before. 
And especially being in a band, you know, there's people in Italy now that listen to our music and all, all over the world. And that's super cool. And also the opportunities that arise from social media, like for example, for me, I did a tour with Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, who was like my hero. I think we actually played a, a, a Green Day song together a long time ago when I was like 10 years old. But <laughs> it, that came about because Billy Joe found me on Instagram. And that's something that would probably would not have happened. He would have had to stumble upon us at a show or something. So that part is really cool to me. Wow, that is that is very cool. And so he's got a solo band outside of Green Day and, and uh, hits some of the smaller clubs. And you guys have had the opportunity to open up for them uh, more than one time? Yeah, we did a tour with them. They're called The Long Shot. And we did the whole West Coast tour with them. So we went from Tijuana all the way up to Vancouver. And it was a blast. It was it was truly surreal for me because I started playing. One of, one of the other reasons I started playing and singing was because of Green Day. And when I got into School of Rock, one of my friends in school gave me a CD of American Idiot, and it just it changed everything. Where do you think? Because you know they're kind of um, you know considered punk rock, but they're certainly a newer version of punk. And but they also have you know very melodic stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, the, the genres seem to evolve. You know, with with different artists and their takes on it. Where do you put Frankie and the Studs musically? Because I I feel some of that punk. I feel some of that you know, new wave stuff, a little bit of, uh, you know, Dale Bozio. I feel lots of different yeah. things with what you're doing, but all with conviction. Where do you, not that I want to put you in a box because I hate that, mm -hmm. but how many, you know, I mean, put yourself in a few different boxes. Where do you think you guys kind of land? Cause I feel like you touch a lot of corners. I feel like it's ever evolving. Like when we started, I was really into glam rock and I, I was, all I would listen to was like David Bowie and T-Rex and the runaways. And I wanted to do something like that. And I wore a, jump, a leather jumpsuit. And that was kind of the foundation. And it's never really left. That influence will never leave me. It's always there. But I feel like now, I've, especially in the past few years, I've had a lot of time to experiment with different sounds and listen to a lot of different music that I wouldn't have listened to before. And I, I, I really like the idea of when we play live, we're very much a punk band. We're like energetic, in your face, loud. And... I like the idea of keeping that, but also experimenting and trying to embrace this generation and the, the technology that we have accessible to us. So adding some electronic beats as well as real drums and some, you know, synths and other kinds of sounds that we wouldn't have used before and just trying to get a little bit more colorful with our sounds. And, you know, I, I always look to either lots of different artists but i think green day is a good example of that from dookie to the father of all can you cuss on this yeah, motherfuckers absolutely. <laughs> um, from there and i always admire bands that evolve like that and that um their sound is always kind of changing and developing into something they're going with the times and that's kind of what i want to do i just want to stay whatever's happening in my world i want to reflect that with my music too you are definitely Gilby Clark's daughter because when you said glam rock, you went straight to David Bowie and not Poison. So listeners, out there, when, we, when we talk about glam rock, it's it's not Poison, all right? It goes way further back than that. Uh, speaking of your dad, do you guys, uh, have you collaborated on stuff? I mean, he's got the uh, the studio, the Red Worm Studios there. So yes. have you done recording? And, and what kind of interaction have you had? Because... 
you know, I obviously feel, you know, he's there to, to help mentor and, and guide you or, or, you know, point you in the right direction or provide the things that you need to, you know, get to the end goal, which is to, you know, write a song, record it, all that good stuff. Um, what's the difference in his involvement early on to where you find yourself uh, now? Yeah, we always are collaborating, but early on, he helped me with recording. He recorded our first two EPs for us, and obviously that was super helpful. And also, I was, I think I had written just a few songs at that point, so he helped me develop my skills as a songwriter. And at that time, I was I was so nervous to even get on a stage. So <laughs> I, I really, I feel like at that time, I was still so green. But my dad really helped me in, you know, just getting in the studio and doing it and not being afraid. And I think, and then even now today with the Drain Me, he actually, I played it for him and he was like, you know what? I have an idea for a guitar part. Just, just hear me out. Let me let me play it for you. And he played it for us. And you can hear it in the second verse of the song. There's like a very like Billy Idol inspired kind of guitar um, part in there that he came up with. So he's always my sounding board and I trust his opinion. And so I always play him anything that I'm working on and I like to hear what he has to say about it. And obviously that can be a blessing and a curse because a lot of people think that we have a leg up because of that connection. And I won't deny that it is very nice to have the studio in the house and have his input. But at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, we're, we're always playing, we're doing our thing. I'm always trying to do my, do it myself too. No, a hundred percent. And, you know, listen, in this business, if you can get a leg up in some way, shape or form, uh, you know, that'll only get you through the door. And if you can't right. hang and entertain at the party, then you'll find yourself out the back door. But, you know, you guys are doing your own thing. It's It feels very sincere to me. I feel like your sound is your sound, whether you get some input or a little guitar part from your dad or not. I feel <laughs> I feel like this is, you know, you, you're very true to yourself. Um, that song Drain Me also uh, has been tied into this new campaign that got launched in March of this year, Forever 21 and it, this is a collaboration with your mom Daniela Clark correct yes yeah so we were approached by forever 21 to do a clothing collaboration together and it just made sense to do it with Frankie and the studs because forever 21 was really interested in honoring the LA um, scene as in terms of fashion music and all aspects just things that have started in, and grown in LA because forever 21 is an LA based company so it made sense because my mom started her denim line in LA and it was all manufactured in Los Angeles too and then we are a LA based punk band and 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 also going back to the glam rock thing fashion to me has always been just as important as as music and how I express myself sure so I love to dress up it's part of the whole thing for me so it all made it just kind of was like the perfect storm and it all made sense and for us to collaborate together, we've been, we had been talking about doing something together. And then with this opportunity, it was just, it couldn't have been a better fit. What kind of, you know, we talked about the influence uh, musically that your dad may have had on you and helping you out in the studio and guiding you to, you know, craft songs. What kind of influence, you know, your mom as a fashion designer, has she had on you for, you know, clothing or just, you know, just your look or appearance or your, your vibe? Because it's, it's not always the clothing, it's, it's the vibe and how you carry yourself. And I don't think that you can necessarily teach somebody that because that's going to, that, that'll, eventually be revealed but uh you know i think you finally 
you'll you'll find your way when you're being your truest self. But what kind of uh, influence have you had with visuals? Because you know your band is very visual, and there's very much a vibe that goes with the music, which is very important. Because in a live show, you know somebody may not be familiar with your band or your parents or anything, but they'll see, wow, okay, there's something going on here. It's a kind of a cool look. Everybody's got a little vibe. And then you start playing the guitar, you start singing, and then it just all kind of comes together. What kind of influence has she had on you with the visual aspect of Frankie and the Studs or just you as a, as a person? Well, when, we, when I started uh, my band, Frankie and the Studs, we collaborated on the clothes, my stage outfits. <laughs> we worked together in making, designing my jumpsuit. I really just wanted a a leather Tuscadero, Susie Quattro jumpsuit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my mom and I worked together on that. And then I think my mom also always says that she always looks to musicians for fashion inspiration, that she likes the way that they express themselves just as they are individuals. And that's something that I've also held on to and that I also do. I feel like with each song, and I also love making music videos. It's one of my favorite parts about putting out new music and I always I have I also have synesthesia which is like all my wires in my brain are crossed and I think of songs associated with colors and and tastes and things like that so interesting I think about the the songs in terms of like what they would look like and so a lot of times like the style I'll I'll be like this song kind of looks like this and I'll put together a mood board of what I think I should be wearing or what I think it should look like and yeah it's just For me, fashion is just another form of self-expression like music. So it's, I don't really follow, I guess, fashion or like, or trends as much as I'm just, I like to, whatever makes me feel good and what I'm wearing. And that's another thing my mom always instills is like, what makes you feel confident? What makes you feel like you? And that's kind of what I try to do as well. And all your stuff uh, can be found at Forever 21. You can go right to the search bar. Just type in Frankie. You'll see a suggestion for Frankie and the Studs. You click on it, and there's a bunch of stuff there. And I will say it's all very cool, and it's got a, you know, like some of it's just kind of, it kind of has a less is more vibe. Like it's just a nice basic, but it's got one element that's just really cool. Like I kind of dig. I don't know if I can pull it off or not, but the uh, the, uh, the flare jeans, I, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. and, you know, the stars on that stuff is very cool. And it's all reasonably priced, too. How do you, yeah. um, I mean, that that seems very tricky to come up with something that has, you know, a little bit of a kind of a custom aspect to it where it's being designed. And it's, um, you know, it's it's not just designing a T-shirt. It's going to have a fit that's going to have to be across all the different bodies that are going to be wearing that, but also come in at a reasonable price point. How do you guys battle that right there? Because that seems like that would be the trickiest part. Well, honestly, Forever 21 are the masters at that. And and we were really impressed with the quality of everything, too, that despite it being inexpensive, the quality is super good. Like, we tried on all the samples first. Uh, everything went on me, and I actually wore them on stage before anyone knew anything and I just wouldn't say who what I was wearing (laughs) so I tested all of it and yeah it's I was really impressed by the quality and I think part of the what you were talking about of it not it's kind of more minimalistic with like special elements is it we want it to be customizable and something that you can express yourself with and yeah there are these some key statement pieces but you can still dress them up how you would like to yeah, all very cool. What is the, you know, so you launched this, is there any future for any more, uh, you know, designs coming down the road or is this just kind of a one-off uh, um, campaign? We hope so. We're, we're hoping to continue. I, you know, I'm very big into 
makeup as well. I, I got really into doing like makeup tutorial videos when everything was shut down. So I'd love to do something with makeup at some point and continue doing something with clothes. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. All very cool stuff. Frankie Clark, Frankie and the Studs. Let's talk about that show again tomorrow at the Echo, uh, the 11th. And that's in L.A., correct? Yep, it's in L.A. Also, I should mention it is free. You just have to RSVP online. Uh, There's a link in my band, Frankie and the Studs, Instagram bio that you can RSVP on. But it is free. It's a free event. And it'll be super fun. It starts at 730 Awesome, awesome. And frankingthestuds.com is your website. So out of all the different people that you've had the opportunity to play with outside of your dad, who would be the coolest? Because recently you played at the Roxy with uh, Glenn Matlock of um, uh, the Sex Pistols and Clem, yeah. Clem Burke on drums doing, uh, were you doing a Blondie tune? Yeah. Yeah, we did One Way or Another by yeah. Blondie. It was I mean, super so, fun. You know, you've played with Billy Joe from Green Day. Is there any anyone else in there that I haven't mentioned that just kind of sticks out to you? Because, you know, you guys, obviously, you know, your dad being friends and in bands with a lot of these folks and you having the opportunity to be there and let your uh, allow your band to, to open up some of these gigs and, and collaborate. Who's somebody that's been really cool that you've played with uh, thus far? Everybody has been super cool. But I think just in terms of, Somebody that I completely idolized and wanted to be in a band was Billy Joe. And he was just so cool and supportive of us and always made sure we were taken care of on that tour. And I was just like in awe. I'm like even more of a super fan after meeting him. And I was was super nervous because I've always heard like, don't meet your idols. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But I was not disappointed of anything. I was more impressed with him as just as a human being as well as an artist. So... But, I mean, everybody that I've gotten to work with has been awesome. And we we also did a, a few shows with the B-52s in San Francisco. That was super cool. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, we're, we're really lucky that we've played with such awesome artists already. Is there somebody that you would like to collaborate or no, another, you know, say, idol or somebody that you look up to that you're hoping to be able to either perform with or, you know, maybe sing a song with or write a song with or, or, you know, something. Is there another idol out there that that's on your bucket list to try and collaborate with in some way? Yeah, for sure. Haley Williams of Paramore. I'm obsessed with her <laughs> and I always have been. I'd love to either tour together, write a song, something, but it will happen one day. <laughs> right on, right on. Anything I missed, Frankie Clark? No, I think, I think we covered a lot of ground. We got it all. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming on my show. We're going to spin Drain Me again and a couple more tracks that uh, you've sent me over the years. And I love that you're still plugging along, doing new stuff, and now, you know, covering different platforms, you know, like clothing and Forever 21 and doing mm-hmm. things to bring awareness to mental health because, you know, hey, if we're human, we've got, you know, it's okay. We might have some little issue with something and we can get through it. Um, is there any kind of, uh, you know, outside of the fact that it's just labeled as a show, you know, for mental health awareness, uh, like, for example, are you going to be addressing it firsthand or is there some sort of, you know, something happening that, that you know, we'll talk about it or is it just kind of what's on the flyer? Yes, we'll talk about it. Also, the show will be benefiting the Knoll uh, Knoll Family Foundation, okay. which is uh, it's a nonprofit organization, and it is going to go towards helping people with opioid addiction. And I think that's all very closely tied in with mental health. So that's 
that's a cool other aspect that's happening. And they're working on building all these rehabilitation centers. And it's, it's a very cool organization. I just learned about it a couple of days ago when we did our live stream. So yeah, everybody can go check out the Noel Family Foundation and donate there too. If they can't make it to the show or if they can make it to the show, that would be awesome. Yeah, no, that that's actually a really good point um, that uh, mental health and those issues uh, when when people don't know how to seek help or don't want to seek help, uh, they they seek the bottle or the pills right. or other substances, and and they they are synonymous and go hand in hand. And if anything, uh, you know, doing uh, controlled substances will exacerbate to a, in a bad way the mental health issues and, and sometimes spiral people. And, you know, David Draymond, uh, from disturbed recently had a, uh, you know, a break, a healthy breakdown. I feel on stage, uh, you know, talking about his battles, uh, most, this Mm -hmm. is most recently, uh, just a few days ago and losing friends, uh, like, uh, Chester from Lincoln park and Chris Cornell. And, you know, so if it's, if it's not, uh, you know, the, the anguish of the mental health that they can't overcome, uh, it usually gets more confused with, with drugs and alcohol. And so that's very important. That's, that's great that you brought that up too, because, uh, those two go, those two go hand in hand, Frankie and the studs.com, uh, Frankie Clark, thank you so much for coming on my show and have a great gig tomorrow. And, uh, for those of you that haven't added them on the socials or, or keep up with them on YouTube, do yourself a favor like subscribe whatever smash that button whatever they whatever the kids are saying out there because trust me she's just getting started well thank you so much troy appreciate it thank my, you for having me my pleasure you take care and look forward to seeing you soon you too all righty take care there she goes frankie clark from frankie and the studs and uh talking about uh well number one she's not a little kid anymore and uh, number two, she's talking about the heavy stuff and, and, and getting her hands dirty and boots on the ground to bring this stuff, uh, you know, to, uh, to awareness. And it's very important. So we're going to spin uh, All Around Me, Bonnie and Clyde, coming up uh, right after this. And uh, we'll have more on this, that, and the other radio show, Dirty Radio, Dead FM, Channel 2, Dirty Radio Classics. We will spin that clip from David Draymond, and we'll get into a few other things, uh, as May is Mental Health Awareness Month month and then of course uh, we will get into more people fucking around and finding out that's always a good time and uh, yada 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 this that any other radio show dirty radio fm channel 2 dirty radio classics playing the biggest rock bands of all time dirty radio classics 